This podcast is brought to you by the film Ezra from Bleecker Street, directed by Tony Goldwyn with an incredible ensemble that includes Robert De Niro, Bobby Cannavale, and Whoopi Goldberg. Ezra is a funny and endearing story about Max, a divorced father struggling to co-parent his autistic son, Ezra. When faced with difficult decisions about the future, they embark on a cross-country road trip that has a transcendent impact on both their lives. Deadline calls Ezra a touching testament to the power of love. In theaters May 31st. Pampers Cruisers 360 is the must-have diaper to help keep your baby from taking it right off, which, if you've experienced this, can lead to complete chaos. With its 360-degree stretchy waistband that moves with your baby for a comfortable fit, your active baby can move freely. Think of it as baby yoga pants. Cruisers 360 offers a gap-free fit and has a blowout barrier at the back of the diaper to help stop any unwanted disasters. The best part? That stretchy waistband makes it so easy to change your wiggly baby who is always on the move and can't be stopped. Just rip the sides to remove and roll it up with the disposal tape on the back. Voila! Pampers Cruisers are available in sizes 3 to 7 and now feature fun new prints. Pair with new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes, made from 100% plant-based cloth that grips the mess without fear of tearing. With Free and Gentle, mess meets its match. For trusted protection, trust Pampers the number one pediatrician-recommended brand. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, this is Laura Vanderkam. I'm a mother of five, an author, journalist, and speaker. And this is Sarah Hart Unger. I'm a mother of three, a practicing physician, and blogger on the side. We are two working parents who love our careers and our families. Welcome to Best of Both Worlds. Here we talk about how real women manage work, family, and time for fun. From figuring out childcare to mapping out long-term career goals, we want you to get the most out of life. Welcome to Best of Both Worlds. This is Laura. This is episode 168. We will be interviewing Tony Ann Mayembe, who is a dentist in Florida, and she's going to be talking about that, her, her life as mom and dentist and podcaster, so doing a lot of different things. So we thought it would be appropriate to open (laughs) the discussion of our current dental health. Uh, Sarah, I hope you are in better state than me. (laughs) Oh, well, I wasn't really. My dental health is fine, thankfully. I actually went to the dentist just like a month ago. It was very, it was great. They wore masks. I felt confident. I know I was going to talk about my kids' dental health because they have not been forever because I think they had an appointment like in May or June, I think. And that was when we were just hitting our big surge. And so um, I pushed it back. And Annabelle in particular, they were like, eh, she needs an orthodontist sooner rather than later. And that was like six months ago, and I haven't done that yet. So um, <laughs> so later is what, what that's been. Yes. I mean, she's she's not even nine years old, yeah, but no, I guess they good. are. Yeah, I got time. But they're doing, her teeth are a little advanced, and I guess they're doing things a little younger now. So we'll see. Although, I don't know, because I had everything started really young. 
But then like, I guess the way I grew, like I had things on my, in my mouth for six years. So maybe yeah. it's better if she doesn't start too early. <laughs> I, yeah, there's something to be said for that as well. I mean, you know, and also you're more motivated as an older child um, that you care about how you look. Uh, and so you might be more motivated for various dental things when you're that age. Um, yeah, I've, I've been <laughs> in bad shape. I uh, had recurring like tooth pain one of my molars had, you know, a cavity in it, but it was pretty deep and it had broken out, like the tooth broke. And so then I had gotten it fixed like a year ago and then we were going to do a crown, but then, you know, COVID happened. I was pregnant, whatever, before that. So it hadn't happened. Then I started having recurring tooth pain over in that side of my mouth. I went into the dentist and, you know, it turns out I needed a root canal. So I went to an endodontist to have that done which then they could only do like half of it in one session. So I had like two separate root canal sessions and then they put in, you know, a temporary filling. So I have to go get that replaced with a permanent one with my dentist. And, you know, it's just like a lot of dental fun. I've never had like, other than with braces, like tooth pain, but I've heard it's not Well, it's pretty miserable. Um, Although mine was not so bad. It, uh, for better or worse, the, the tooth, was mostly dead. And so I, I'm not entirely sure why they felt they needed to keep it, you know, that it might have just starting like a year and a half ago might've been better to just get it out and put in um, an implant. But what, for whatever reason, <laughs> modern dentistry likes to keep your teeth. <laughs> and so, yeah, it's, it, it, it was, it was pain, but it was like a different sort of pain than I think the people who normally have root canals, if, if that makes any sense. So I was actually able to go for a while between knowing I needed one and then actually getting it done because they couldn't fit me in right away. And so that was, I was grateful then that it was not the sort of traditional root canal <laughs> pre-pain. Um, it was unpleasant. You know, you have to have your mouth open for like 45 minutes as they're like doing stuff in there. And it just, uh. I'm so grateful for my dentists. Yeah. I've had some really good dentists. Our North Carolina dentist was like the best. But. Yeah. Oh, I like our dentist too. I mean, I just have, you know, crappy teeth at the moment at a, <laughs> for whatever reason. But uh, we're, we're looking forward to hearing <laughs> about, um, apparently there's an epidemic of uh, jaw clenching and teeth grinding going on. Did you read that? No, but I may be part of it. <laughs> you may be part of it. Uh, a lot of stress out there. A lot of poor posture, which then leads to um, teeth malalignment and grinding. So we'll, we'll have to talk about that later. Anyway, we're excited to be talking to Dr. Tony Ann. Well, Sarah and I are delighted to welcome Tony Ann Mayambe to the podcast. She is a practicing dentist who made time on her lunch break to talk to us. So this is really awesome. Um, it's her busy patient schedule with all the stuff that's uh, have to been rescheduled from the first part of the year. And she is also a podcaster. Um, so Tony Ann, welcome to the program. Why don't you introduce yourself to our listeners? Yes, thank you for having me. I am Tony Ann. I am the blogger and podcaster at Real Happy Mom. And I'm also a full-time dentist and also reservist in the Navy. So I wear lots of hats and I've learned to kind of juggle it all. I think I do pretty good at it. So <laughs> that's kind of me and as far as like the titles that I hold. But some other things is, you know, I love helping women. So that's why Real Happy Mom is a passion of mine. And that's why I'm so excited to be here talking to you today. Well, we are excited to have you on as well. How old are your your boys? They are seven and four. 
Okay. Um, and so for our listeners who are maybe not familiar with the process of like dental training, um, mm-hmm. where, you know, when did you have your children in your professional journey? Um, how does the training work for, for a dentistry career? Yeah. So um, it's four years of undergrad and then four years of dental school. I did not have my kids during dental school. I could not have done it. It is a lot. There were other ladies in my class who did have babies while in school and God bless them. I could not do it. Um, (laughs) I had my kids, I think, right after I had graduated um, dental school. And so, yeah, it was a nice transition, but it was it was pretty difficult because I was, you know, wanting to, you know, kind of go full into you know, doing the career thing. And then you add the mom part in and especially a mom who doesn't know (laughs) what they're doing. It was a little bit challenging, but I've figured it out and I'm having fun doing it now. What drew you to dentistry? Good question. So initially, it's funny, I was just talking to my boss the other day. I was like, you know what? I wanted to be an advisor to the president when I was a kid. If you would have asked me what I wanted to do when I grew up, (laughs) but then I realized I don't like politics. So (laughs) I was like, "Uh -uh, I can't do this. But what drew me to dentistry was I had my own dental issues and I saw what changing my smile did for me. And I was like, man, if I can make someone feel the way I did, like I would be a superhero. So that's why I was like, let me do this dentistry thing. This is, this is where it's at. Well, you do have like the most beautiful teeth and smile <laughs> that I may have ever seen. See, Tony Ann? And, and yes, the, her dentists were awesome. So thank you. <laughs> I would go to you any day. <laughs> oh, dear. Yes. In our intro, we talk about a um, series of unfortunate dental events <laughs> that have uh, oh. happened to me recently. Um, oh, but <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you get that all the time. Oh, yeah. Um, here. And, and so, what about the reservist part? So, was that part of. Um, when, when did you join the reserves? Was it part of, you know, your training? Like what, you know, and what does that look like for you now in terms of your obligations for that? Yeah. So honestly, like, I wish I would have joined the the Navy while I was still in dental school because I wouldn't be still paying student loans. But I decided to join the Navy after I graduated dental school. And I've done all my time as a reservist. I never did active duty. And so um, the if you see the commercials and you talk to the recruiters, they're going to tell you, oh, it's just um, one week in a month and two weeks a year. That's your commitment. But it's really a lot more than that, especially if you're like in my position where you're a little bit higher up. I spent a lot more time than that. But it is what I used to, I still call it my fun job because I don't have as many responsibilities as far as the patient care part. So I get to have fun and really get to interact with people and really just have fun because I actually really like talking to people. So that's why I think this podcasting thing is really good for me. But I know that a lot of times you'll see those nice commercials and it looks really like, you know, sexy, like, oh, they're going and saving lives. Like, I'm not doing all that. I'm just, <laughs> I'm getting recruits teeth all nice and ready to go so that they can go out and serve and um, protect our country. So I know I kind of downplay what I do, but I don't want anyone to think that I'm out there like in the bushes shooting, you know, with a, a rifle or anything like that. <laughs> well, that would be kind of a waste of your <laughs> skills to like have yes. you in the bushes shooting rifles. There's like other people who can do that, but only oh, you yes. can do the teeth. So. Oh, yes. That is that is definitely me. I don't do the other stuff. Nothing but so else. most of your reserve work then involves like, you know, seeing the recruits who are coming into the Navy and and making sure that they're, you know, prepared yeah. and all that good stuff. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so like 90% of the time, like when I'm doing my two weeks, yes, I'm seeing the recruits. Um, there are some times where like last year, huh, thank God I went before the pandemic because last year I got to go to Spain, which was pretty amazing. Um, so there are some times when I get to go on some pretty fun trips, but for the most part, um, I'm seeing the recruits, which I don't mind. They're pretty fun to talk to. I, I would bet. imagine so. 
What has dentistry been like during the pandemic? Because I imagine your practice, like many, was probably closed or at limited for only emergency purposes capacity mm-hmm. for a while this this spring. So how about you talk us through through that and what that was like? Yeah, it was it was a little stressful. I did not stop working. I kept working because in my mind, I'm thinking there are a lot of people out there with dental emergencies and no disrespect to my physicians out there. They don't know what to do with dental emergencies. So I was like, I want to stay open to be able to take care of the patients that have true dental emergencies. So you know, people with abscesses and things like that. So I was limited to just doing emergency care um, for a month or so. Now we're back up, we're back into the swing of things, of course, now, but it was a bit challenging because there was these, I feel like the media made it look like, oh, you don't need to go to the dentist. And, oh, you know, if you're going to catch, you know, the virus, it's going to be at the dentist. But no, like we practice universal precautions all the time, even before the pandemic happened. So we know how to handle disease and infection control. So I wasn't worried about it. Honestly, nobody in my office has gotten sick. And some of my patients have, but (laughs) they did not give it to us. And and it definitely wasn't from us that, that got them sick. But I just was a little, you know, bothered by how things were being portrayed. But I think now the message is getting out that it is safe to come to the dentist. And it is. So moms, if you're listening, definitely, you know, you know, take the kids to the dentist. They need to go. You need to keep up with your regular um, dental and oral health. It is very important. It's not something that you can put off. And it's something that's, you know, optional, which a lot of people think like, oh, you know, it's something I can do later. No, 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 no. You want to make sure that you're taking care of it and doing it now. Yeah, good advice. And uh, Sarah and I were talking about, uh, we had read an article that there had been actually a lot of stress-related dental work required um, and and between people having poor posture and people having stress that there's um, a lot of tooth grinding and, and oh, such yeah. going on. Are you, are you seeing that a lot in your, your practice? Um, yeah, I feel like it's a little bit more, especially like now, like TMJ issues, because people will come in like, oh, my jaw's hurting. Oh, um, I'm having TMJ or whatever. And I'm like, uh, so I always ask this question. I always um, start by saying, I know this is a dumb question, but have you been experiencing any unusual amounts of stress? And they're like, yeah. <laughs> and usually once I hear that, then I'm like, okay. And then I go through my whole litany of tests and things like that. But yes, yeah, stress is definitely aggravating things and making you know, a lot of the clenching and grinding and TMJ issues come up a lot more. I have had many a Zoom meeting where I just find myself clenching for various (laughs) reasons. (laughs) I think we all have. We all have. All right, we're going to take a short ad break. We'll be back in just a minute. So, so pivoting a little bit. Um, so, Tony Ann, with all you have going on, with you know, you're doing your dentistry, you've got your kids, you're in the reserves. You're like, I think I'm going to start a podcast too. Um, <laughs> so, tell us a little bit about how you decided to do that and what you're hoping to do with Real Happy Mom. Yeah. So, before I started Real Happy Mom, I had another blog called Dr. Tony DDS, and that was a blog that I was using to help kind of get myself. Um, pretty much for SEO purposes so that I can be found online because I was wanting to start my own practice. So I was like, okay, I'm going to get myself out there online. So when people search for Dennis in Jacksonville, I'll pop up. But I got started with the process of doing the startup and things happened. I didn't get 
the practice that I wanted, which is fine because I really don't want my own practice. So please don't feel sorry for me. But <laughs> in the process of me doing that, I attracted um, a couple of different people who wanted me to either write different blog posts or to speak. And my first speaking um, engagement was on a podcast. And once I was done, I had so much fun. And the lady told me, she was like, you really should think about starting your own podcast. And I was like, girl, nobody wants to listen to me. And growing up, like people used to tease me about my voice all the time. So I really felt self-conscious about it. I know. <laughs> I felt self-conscious about it. And I was like, oh, I don't want to talk. People don't want to listen to my voice. And she was like, no, you should do it. You should do it. So I went and talked to my husband about it. And he was like, I told you to do that a long time ago. Like, oh, so now she tells you and you want to do it. And of course, I, I think most wives are like that. <laughs> we listen to our friends and other people before we tend to listen to, to our husbands. But once I did that, um, my husband got me started. It was a simple app that I was recommended, got started with it. And I just took off from there. And at first, of course, I didn't know what I was doing. I'll be honest. If you go back and listen to some of my previous episodes, they're kind of all over the place. But now I'm really gearing towards working on helping uh, busy working moms because I feel there's a lot of information out there to help you know, stay-at-home moms and things like that. And no disrespect to them. They are amazing and they do a wonderful job. But Working moms, we have different challenges and different things that we need that I feel like aren't really out there as much. So I wanted to bring in the experts to help us moms figure this out because it's hard juggling everything and trying to keep everything going and, and doing a good job at, you know, being awesome at your job and being awesome at home. So that's kind of where I'm going now is trying to help us moms figure out how to navigate this and, and, and honestly, really to navigate it personally for you, because yes, I can tell you what I do, but that may not be what's best for you. But I really want moms to figure out how to be authentically themselves and also to make whatever situation that they're in work for them so that they can truly be real happy moms. I love it. Very similar to us. I remember thinking like, why are there all these great parenting podcasts where the host is always someone who stays home? And I get why, because they have time to do a podcast, but there have been yeah. <laughs> shows like ours and shows like yours, because I think that perspective was missing a little bit. And I'm so thrilled that you're adding, that you've added yourself to the, to this club, I guess. <laughs> Yay. Yes, That's awesome. Definitely. The club needs more members. Um, so <laughs> we, we were looking at some of your, you know, various, uh, content out there. And, and of course, this is right up our alley because, of course, we're the, we're the target market uh, of your stuff. So you had a post on top five things you need to prepare on Sunday to make your week amazing yes. as a working mom. Mm -hmm. Tell us, definitely beated me. <laughs> what are they? I mean, you can tell us about SEO here. We're like, click, click, click. What is What are these five? Um, yes. Please enlighten us. What, what should we be doing on Sunday? On Sunday. So this is like one of my absolute favorite things to talk about. So before I tell you what some of these things are, I just want to tell you one, as busy working moms, we have to cut down the amount of decisions that we need to make during the week. And the way that we do that is preparing so that we don't have to think so much and we don't end up with decision fatigue. And if anyone's listening, they're like, what's this whole decision fatigue? The way that I like to think about it is we have about 100 decisions that we can make in a day. And after those 100 decisions, you start either doing two things, either making poor decisions or you don't make decisions at all, which is just as bad. So you want to make sure that you're using that decision power wisely. So doing the Sunday prep routine kind of helps eliminate you having to think a lot during the mornings, and especially during those times where I feel like you need to use that decision power for work and really important things. So I like to start 
the Sunday prep routine by looking at what is going on during the week as far as um, what we need to wear. So a lot of moms may be wearing uniforms, which is super easy. So you don't have to worry about picking out things that match and things like that. But even for me, honestly, I've gotten so far is to pick out my socks and, and I pick everything out and have it ready. So I literally grab it and go. I don't want to think in the morning. So like I said, we're using that decision power for later in the day when it's important. So get your clothes ready. Make sure that you're looking at the weather for the week. If it's snowing, if it's raining, you want to dress accordingly. And then also if you have any other really important events coming up. So for instance, if I have date night or I have a meeting with my boss, I want to make sure I have those clothes ready because nothing's worse than you need to have something dry clean that's not ready to go. So that's number one, getting the clothes ready. Number two would be to get your meals prepped. And I'm not a huge meal prepper, so don't you know get scared. All it is is just taking a piece of paper, writing Monday through Sunday or Monday through Friday, however you like to do it, and just simply writing down what you're going to eat during the week so you can have a menu. So you know what you have in the refrigerator and in the pantry so you can pull it together. So like, for instance, I already had some mini meatloafs and some mashed potatoes that I already made. So I know that's on my menu and I can easily pull that from the refrigerator and get it and go. Um, I don't want to have to think, oh my goodness, what are we going to eat for dinner? Because that's like the one question at the end of the day that gets me super irritated. So I like to have that menu. So even if I don't necessarily want to eat meatloaf and mashed potatoes tonight, I can look at the menu and see, oh, you know, there's chicken and and fries. So I can do that instead. So again, we're eliminating the amount of decisions that we have to make. So that was number two. Number three thing would be planning out your week. And for moms, a lot of us, we we tend to put other people before ourselves. So I always say, start by putting yourself first on your schedule and making time for yourself. And the way to do that is to first look at your, your schedule for the week, see what all you have going on, and plug in the things that you can't change. So I know I have to go to work from 7.30 to 4.30. I know I have a doctor appointment at 12 o'clock. And I know that I have to take the kids to band practice or whatever it is. So we plug those things in. And then where you have all of those um, empty slots of time, that's where you want to plug in time for yourself. Then add in everything else as far as the kids, the husband, and things like that. Because it's so easy to fill up our schedule with our kids and our family and don't make time for ourselves. And that's a really big thing that I'm, I'm really pushing is really making time for ourselves as moms because we need it. And especially now more than ever, we need that time. So planning our schedule, because I was that mom that would always forget about Wacky Wednesday and uh, pajama day at school. So I will definitely take a look at that schedule to make sure I'm not missing anything because I don't want to be that mom. <laughs> so that's the, the third thing. The fourth thing, I know this is going to sound a little funny, but restarting your devices, because how many times have you gotten ready to do a really important meeting? Like I'm getting ready to talk to you ladies and my computer just starts crashing. That will like ruin my day. So restarting your devices helps with a couple of things. One, there's a lot of uh, programs running on in the background and we think we're closing them out, but they're still running. And if you have a million things running, eventually something's going to crash and burn. And it's usually right when you need to do something important. So taking time to restart your laptop, your phone, your tablet, all of your devices, restart all of them so that you don't have that happen at a really important time. And then lastly, I said meals um, is one more. Meals. <laughs> you see, I got excited. 
um, and devices. Oh, your purse. How can I forget the purse? Very, very condo. (laughs) Yes. Take your purse and go through your purse. Because let me tell you, it was one day I remember I was like, so mad at my husband. I was yelling at him. I was like, where are my keys? Where are my keys? I got to go. I'm late. I'm like, where are my keys? You know where my keys were? At the bottom of my purse. If I would have taken the time to clean my purse out, I would have found, you know, the kids' toys and some wrappers and a whole bunch of other things that didn't need to be there. So take some time to go through your purse, clean that out and get the things that don't need to be there out and the things that need to be there back in. So those are my main ones that would say doing these on Sunday will help to set you up for the rest of the week. So things go a lot smoother. Good advice. We clearly think alike. Like I can't, the idea of going into the week without like a menu plan, like it gives me hives. So yeah, <laughs> so I do not, I would say I don't that plan Sarah, my Sarah and I have both been that mom who forgot Wacky Wednesday, just in yes. case you were. <laughs> 100% have forgotten Wacky Wednesday. And I do feel really bad about it when that happens, but also it happens. It happens. And as your kids get older, you can tell them they get to remember that it's yes. Wacky Wednesday. Oh, yes. Wacky Wednesday is on you. <laughs> So, so I think Sarah had a question about um, self-care because I know that's something you you talk about, but it can be a little buzzwordy too. Sarah, what was that? Yes. Well, I, okay. So this past weekend, it was kind of a rough week. It must have been one where my husband was on call. I don't know. And I kept seeing the word. I was like on Instagram because I was like very stressed out. My toddler would not nap and would not leave me alone. And I love her very much, but I was just like ready to not be with her every second. Mm-hmm. Um, and every Instagram feed was like a pastel thing talking about like getting your self-care. And I like wanted to throw my phone out the window because I'm like, well, I'm on Instagram trying to get some self-care, but it doesn't really feel like self-care. And you're telling me to do self-care, but how can I do self-care right now when I got this two-year-old in front of me that doesn't like the mom, blah, 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 blah. You get my point. I hope mm-hmm. nobody's listening to this on like sped up speed because that would not have been intelligible. Anyway, um, how do we get self-care in those moments? Or I don't know, what is that? Does that word even mean anything anymore? I would just love your thoughts. <laughs> yeah, so I will say it has become uh, this kind of buzzword and I feel like it's lost its meaning. But for me, I like to get down to like the basics, like what are the basic things that we need as moms to make sure that we are truly thriving and happy? And that would be sleep, good food and, you know, doing things that we enjoy. Those are kind of the basic, basic things. And then from there, it's, you know, we can add on some more things, but I think we've kind of lost touch on what self-care really is. So I know, like for me, like I was in this really low state, feeling really, really tired. So just, you know, saying no and, and not, you know, taking on more responsibilities. And I have been there with the kids and they're in my face and I want them to go away and they won't. So I totally get that. But I think Another thing too, we have to remember is, you know, doing those things that we enjoy. And I know I talk about this a lot, but I feel like a lot of times we are so used to taking care of everyone and doing things for everyone that I know a lot of times I have gotten to that place where I'm like, what do I want to do today? What is fun? So just, just looking around and thinking, you know, what is really going to give me joy right now? But during those times when (laughs) the kids are like really getting on your nerves. I will tell you during the pandemic, I learned two really good hiding places for you, Sarah. (laughs) The first one is my closet. And the second one is my car. (laughs) So sometimes I have to just go and escape just for a moment, just to kind of get myself, you know, you know, calm and collected before I can go back and be an awesome mom to my kids because I can't if they're driving me crazy. But yes, I totally get in it. And then also too, I want to mention is just taking time to just pause and just be quiet with ourselves because I think we move and we're go, go, go. And especially in this society, it is a lot of go, go, go. 
that we don't even stop to really even think about what we're thinking and how we're feeling. So just staying in tune with ourselves and and seeing what's going on, like check in and be like, okay, how am I doing today? Like, what do I need to, you know, make myself do better and be better? Those kinds of things. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Good. It's it's tough. I, I, you know, the answer is probably like, go outside, take a deep breath, take a pause, but it is hard in the moment sometimes. Yeah. So I'm sure it's hard for other people too. So we always love to hear a, um, a day in the life. And, and I'm sure, you know, you, ra- you ran through a little of it earlier with like, you know, the practice hours, 730 to 430 roughly or whatever. But maybe you could tell our listeners real quick what, what a day in the life of Tony Ann looks like. <laughs> yeah, day in the life. So my alarm typically goes off around 430. Do I usually get up at 4.30? Not all the time, <laughs> but I like to work on the blog and podcast in the morning before the kids get up. So that's what I'm usually doing in the mornings is, is taking care of that. But I will tell you right now, it's gotten a little bit, it's gotten a little, a little bit excessive as far as all the responsibilities that I need to do. And I'm like getting overwhelmed. So I'm looking to get virtual assistants to help kind of relieve me so that I'm not feeling so overwhelmed first thing in the morning. But yes, I will go in. I've learned not to get dressed after I'm done working on the blog and podcast, but to go ahead, get dressed and ready. So I'll sit at my desk just like this with my shirt and pants on ready to go. So once I'm done, I can go off to work because what will happen is I'll be like, oh, I got five more minutes. I got five more minutes. And the next thing you know, 20 minutes later, (laughs) I'm rushing to go get everything together. So I find going ahead, getting dressed and then going to work is super helpful. So then, yes, I, I have to be at work by 7.10 for a huddle with my my team. We um, talk about the day and go over patients, and then we start patient care at 7.30. Then, yes, yeah, 7.30 to 4.30 are our hours, but a lot of times I'm there a lot later. Then after that, I come home and I am listening to the kids tell me about right now they're really into Sonic and there's this new guy on YouTube named Jeffy. I do not like him. <laughs> Sorry, Jeffy, but I don't like you. <laughs> he just looks weird to me. But anyways, they'll tell me about Jeffy and try to get me to watch it with him. And getting ready for um, the next day, looking, I like to look and see like what I have going on so that I'm not surprised by what I have first thing in the morning. So getting things ready as far as work and then what I need to do for the blog and podcast. And then, yeah, we kind of hang out. And one of my favorite shows is watching uh, WWE. So we're usually watching wrestling at night and hanging out. And yeah, I, I put the kids to bed right now. They're going through the stage. I don't know if you guys are going, have gone through it, but we're going through the stage where they just don't want to sleep without us physically being near them. So I have to like sit on the bed with them until they fall asleep. Usually I'm falling years, years. I think my, I mean, my husband didn't really mind doing it. So when he was there, he usually did it. So yeah, I think our kids were about seven and seven with my, my oldest by the time we finally weaned them off of needing to have someone in the room going to sleep. And I'm kind of surprised it took that long because they do share a room. Um, but it was very freeing when we finally got to the point where we could close the door and then like, leave. But then the pandemic hit and um, I don't know, everyone's coming going to bed super late anyway. So that, yeah. point, that, that benefit was sort of lost. <laughs> <laughs> so what, time, kids, what time do you go to bed, Tony Ann, if you're waking up at 430 or trying to at least? I try to be in the bed by 10. 
and usually the kids are pretty good, but they're still kind of not on their sleep schedule because even though they're they're back in school, they're doing virtual school. So they haven't really gotten the concept like, oh, yeah, I got to go to school in the morning. I need to go to sleep because they're home the whole day. Yeah. Yeah. It's so hard. Oh, my goodness. Well, well we, yes, we always end with our love of the week. Um, yes. We've we've learned that you love wrestling, which we could go into specifics on. <laughs> um, well, Sarah and I can start so we can uh, give you a minute to think about it. This episode is airing in October. And I know you two are Florida ladies. Mm-hmm. Uh, I am in Pennsylvania. <laughs> and October is just the most gorgeous month. And so October is going to be my love of the week. Like right now, as this is airing, is probably our peak leaf time. Um, just, you know, reds yellows everywhere. Loving it. I'm, I'm sure Florida is going to be much nicer than here in like two months because you guys will be nice and warm and I will be freezing my butt off. But oh, well, <laughs> I'm going to enjoy October now. Sarah, how about you? Uh, I feel like I need to have a dental themed one. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. So shout out to uh, Glide Floss because that's the only kind oh, I yes. will tolerate. <laughs> Glide Floss is pretty awesome. <laughs> Yes, yes. And oh, I just wanted to tell you, I lived in Nebraska and I know all about the beautiful fall colors. Like it yes, is yes, gorgeous. gorgeous. And I miss that. That's the only thing I miss about Nebraska. Everything yeah. else I can do. Everything without. else is Florida great. <laughs> but the winter was not so great. Oh, God, yeah. no. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> but yes, yeah, I am loving um, my wrestling right now. There's a, a, a pay-per-view event coming up and I am super excited because um, one of the wrestlers, he was gone for a while. A while. I'm talking about Roman Reigns, if anyone's listening. Then who knows about it? Roman Reigns has gone for a while and now he's champion and I just love watching him. So I'm excited to see him in action again. That I is love awesome. your wrestling passion. That is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> it's good to have one. Yes. <laughs> All right. Well, Tony, and thank you so much for joining us on your lunch break, too. And for listeners, she's like in her car <laughs> like talking to us here. Um, so she she did find her quiet spot. But uh, we we really appreciate you joining us. Yes. Thank you so so much, Tony. Thank you. Thank you for having me. All right. Well, that was exciting to hear about her life and work. Um, So our question this week comes from a working mom of a one-year-old who has an issue she says that she can't quite rationalize away. When she picks her toddler up from his nanny, he's usually quite distraught at first and sad to leave her. Um, This listener says that I know that rationally I should be grateful that I have a great nanny with whom my son has developed a strong bond. However, emotionally, I can't help but feel hurt that he's not excited to see me, his mom. Um, I don't feel that this issue is addressed very often. Maybe it's not as much an issue for other mothers. I honestly am embarrassed that this bothers me so much, but I imagine at least some other moms who have full-time childcare might feel similarly, at least sometimes. Do you have any tips for feeling better and more positive about this situation? I don't know if I have as many tips, but I certainly have a like memories of the same thing happening to me. And I guess the only thing that helped me is just time going by and seeing that even if my toddler or infant goes through a stage where they have a nanny preference or even a daddy preference, that it has never interfered with my true bond with my kids. And toddlers can't say to you, I really like this person and I'm attached to them, but I also love you too, mommy, and I will love you forever. But when they're older, they actually can say stuff like that to you and um, you will then feel better. And in fact, you may feel better about your toddler because you kind of know like how things are, are going to progress. Um, you know, the, the maternal bond and the paternal bond and the real family bond and those continuous bonding that goes on throughout the years, there's nothing like that, um, at least in my experience. So 
I mean, I hate when people say just you wait, but <laughs> my joke was that like, this is one of those times I'm saying just wait when it will get easier. Um, and you will be okay with it if it still happens. And in fact, last night, Genevieve woke up and screamed, Daddy. And all I could think of was, good thing she's not screaming. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Can we can we choose which parent gets the preference at like 2 a.m.? That's, you know, you would. Um, I really uh, sympathize with this one, too. Um, in our case, it was that uh, when Jasper was about 12 to 18 months old, he developed this incredibly strong preference for Michael, like a very strong attachment to Michael, um, to the point like when we were together, he would run away from me to him. He would like cry if I picked him up, if Michael was nearby. And I mean, this was just infuriating on some level because like my husband was traveling three to four days per week. He was coming home at like 7.30 on the nights when he was not, you know, this was when our, in our rough stage of trying to adjust both of us to parenthood and Michael sort of figuring out what, what that might mean in terms of his better work-life balance. But this was, this was in the thick of it. And so I wanted how pissed off I was that I was spending way, way, way more interactive quality time with my kid than he was. And yet my toddler was showing this huge and vocal preference for my husband. The one thing that I think was helpful for me is realizing that like, clearly this isn't rational. Like if this kid knew what side his bread was buttered on, like he would be not doing this. Like, so you have to understand that a 12 to eight month old, 18 month old is not a rational creature. Like, I mean, I think that's obvious. You can see that when they like crawl over and lick their stroller tires, like clearly they are not you know, thinking through what's going on. Um, They have just, for whatever reason, gotten in this stage, like similar to May, they always want to wear the same pants or they refuse to eat apples after eating apples for six months. Like who knows? But if you just tell yourself like toddlers are completely irrational creatures, like as they realize what's going on in life, they will come to see, as Sarah was saying, like how that they do love mommy. And this is, you know, hurtful to mommy if they don't show that. Like, you know, they they become more developed emotional human beings. And until they get there, you just kind of have to ride it out. And I'm sure you can tell this person that you and Jasper are very close now. Oh yeah, we are. We have, cl- <laughs> we, he came to talk to me in, in bed for a while last night. You know, we had like a half hour chat and I was 13 years old. Like, you know, he likes De- Michael too, but you know, he doesn't <laughs> scream to <laughs> run over to Do you Michael remember Robert. that baby sp- stage, especially with your first baby, when you really feel like you're going to have a baby forever? Like, do you remember that? Like, yeah, you're like, well, this is my life now. Like, I have a baby. Well, except I have had a baby forever because I had four <laughs> well, more of you them. have, but like, <laughs> each individual baby is like, you know, fast forward, like, go back in your pictures. You're like, oh my God, things just yeah. change. So yeah, quickly. no, things do change. Yeah, they grow up. They, uh, and they become much more rational about it. So good, good thing. Good thing. <laughs> All right, this has been Best of Both Worlds, talking with Dr. Tony Ann Mayambe about dentistry and her life. Um, we'll be back next week with more on making work and life fit together. Thanks for listening. You can find me, Sarah, at theshoebox.com or at the underscore shoebox on Instagram. And you can find me, Laura, at lauravandercam.com. This has been the Best of Both Worlds podcast. Please join us next time for more on making work and life work together.
Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's brand new season two. I'm Marissa Thalberg. And I'm Stephen Wolf Bededa. And we're excited to be back having bigger, bolder, and always real conversations. Straight from the C-suite front lines of marketing, media, and more. We have great friends joining from people you may know, like Wilmer Valderrama and Bobby Burke. And people you'll want to know. So grab a coffee or, hey, even an Aperol Spritz and come join us on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Listen to brand new on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.